comes ahead on goal, and Jordan Morris has done it. Appealing in vain for offside, the Chicago Fire defenders. Jordan Morris from the doorstep saves the day for the Sounders. Foot race the other way. Look who's running hard after defensively. Wayne Rooney, the net is empty. Big collision by the captain. That is unbelievable effort. Rooney putting one up. Bacosta. The Stateside Soccer Show with Logan and Jordan. Hello and welcome to the Stateside Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand and I'm coming to you from one of the best golf courses in L.A. And you won't believe who I just ran into, Logan Stump. Oh, I thought you ran into Gareth Bale out there, my friend. Um, but hey, that's a nice, this is a nice golf course that we're in. I don't know where I am. I must be in some kind of closet or Your something. Clubhouse, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, really, I am back in Maryland, back in reality reality went to work today that sucked um but yeah we're we're back we're back at it now um we were gonna record sat not saturday uh monday when i was still in salt lake but really just uh logan was busy monday was my last day in the city just didn't really work out that way so uh Coming to you live now. Not live, but coming to you now. Uh, whenever you choose to listen to this to this episode. But the golf course joke, of course, is uh, a dead beating the dead horse here. Is we're going to talk Gareth Bale to MLS, which happened like right after <laughs> we wrapped. It was like the next day, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, the day or two after we did our last episode. Um, and then we had, uh, Adrian Heath, which we'll have to apologize to all of our Minnesota fans. Um, because we really said that we think he'll be gone next year and he's going to sign an extension that, that we'll get into in a bit. Um, we're going to talk about my time at Rio Tinto. And we're going to talk about the matches that took place. So let's first just ask you, Logan, how did everything, uh, how, how was your week? Oh, it's been good. Uh, my parents got in Sunday, so we did the Disney tour with my niece and my two um, parents who are above the age of 60. So it's a little bit more tough um, as they get older because they've got different issues with heels and feet and backs and knees and hips and all sorts of things. So but it's good how it is when you're over 30 too now it's yeah yeah (laughs) except it's not like it's not like debilitating like uh, there's it seems like uh there were points where 
I don't know. We had to push on. You really had to buckle down and, and really focus on that the last 10 minutes or so to get through it. But, um, but yeah, it, it, it's been good. It, it was, it's been really hot here in Florida. Feels like 110 every day. So that's always a lovely um, surprise. And then I come into the studio here, um, my office, and it's about 95 in this room because the sun's just been beating down on this room. So, yeah, it's lovely. But, uh, no, it's been good. I, I've, I've enjoyed I've got finally got to watch um, some soccer, so that was always exciting. And I really caught up on all the soccer stuff today because I was listening to podcasts, watching highlights, and getting stuff in that I need to get in. So I was able to see a lot more than I have been recently. So it's, it's been good. Awesome. I will say, uh, as much as I – I don't know if it was on the episode last week or after we wrapped when we were talking about dry heat versus humidity. Hmm. I will say I had an easier time – out there in the dry heat i wasn't sweating as much that's better speaking my butt but i wasn't sweating as much but (laughs) now that i'm back here it's been lower temperature than when we were in salt lake but i am having a real tough time with the humidity now Now that i'm back into it it's the worst though because i I think the the biggest difference is like like you said you feel you actually feel hot and you're like, I'm sweating. So that must mean I'm hot. And your body's going, that's my reaction to being hot. Whereas over there, I just feel like it's hot, but at least there's, it feels like you could move through the air without being bogged down. I don't know. It's just, it's a different kind of heat, but people always are very, like uh, no lie. We saw on our way into magic kingdom, we saw maybe three or four people passed out or like sitting on the thing, not looking so good. So it happens. Heat's awful. I had a hell of a time trying to get back home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what was that all about? So, it, how long was your your travel day? Was like seventeen hours or something stupid? Something like that. So yeah. we, um, the original plan was wake up and wake up at two a.m. Um, mountain time, four a.m. Eastern. Mm. Get to the hotel uh, get to the airport by 3 a.m for your 5 a.m flight so that's uh a 7 a.m flight eastern time so we get there well first we get to the airport and they don't have any of the southwest stuff open to like check your bags so we have to wait for people to show up for that we get through security which was long because they only had two lanes open and then, because it's early, you know, 3 a.m. mountain time. Then we get to our gate, IP, and then we're boarding. Like, it was real snappy. So we go from Salt Lake to Chicago for a layover. We have an hour layover in Chicago where we eat some food. And then we get on the plane. And we're supposed to go to Myrtle Beach for a stop and then up to Baltimore. And we were supposed to be at Myrtle Beach for an hour. Mm-hmm. Um, we landed around 2 p.m. No, one, we landed around like 1 p.m. Eastern time. Mm-hmm. And supposed to take off around 2 um, Eastern time to go to Baltimore. We were supposed to be home by 3.30 in the airport of BWI. And then get to our car, get home by 5 pick up the dogs, be done by six, do some laundry, go to sleep, whatever, right? Well, we are boarding, and we are letting everybody on. It's almost 2 o'clock. We start 
leaving around 220 out of the gate. We're about to take off when they're like, Ooh, they did all their spiel with the mm-hmm. seatbelts and all that stuff. And they're like, Ooh, actually, <laughs> we got to go back because there's a leak in the engine and we can't make it. It's an hour flight home. I'm like, let's push it. Let's just get there. Let's see <laughs> if we can, get there. can fix it in BWI. Right. right. Um, so we, we get back to the thing. Apparently, the people that board it knew that this was an issue. We had no idea because we were on the same plane. It wasn't oh. like a layover where we switched planes. We stayed on the plane. And we're staying on the plane for like an hour. And uh, what I heard from other people later is like, oh, yeah, they said that it was a little delay as they were fixing the plane. They thought they had fixed the thing. And then as they were getting ready to take off again, they were like, oh, it's still leaking. Never mind. And they go back in. And we get ready to uh you know they're like okay just hang out here it's gonna be an hour while we look at this and see if we can get this working an hour goes by i'm looking out there and i see them opening up the engine and you see it like four people surrounding it and one of them's on the phone i'm like we're not getting out of here (laughs) in an hour i'll tell you that much and then uh they're like it's gonna be another hour as we just did a test and it's still leaking so we're gonna try to fix that and then um they do another test it's still leaking they're like an hour later they're like okay it it is inoperable like your your flight is done we're gonna try to either get you on another flight or we're trying to find a plane to get to you and we found one from orlando's the update like 30 minutes after that we found one from orlando but it's not gonna take off until uh, it's not gonna land until six o'clock right (laughs) and then it's like five right so you're like okay but that has to take off like soon to get to our myrtle beach from Orlando. 5 30 we still have no update so i'm like it's not getting here at six and they're like we're having trouble finding a pilot to fly the plane from orlando to myrtle beach and once that's done like you'll get out of here finally after six o'clock they're like okay we we found a pilot he's getting here at seven and then we'll get you guys on real quick and we'll get you to baltimore it lands at seven we start boarding at like 7 15 7 30 no a little after that and then we're getting ready to take off at eight and we're not taking off um they reopen the door they put more people on our flight and then they start asking for people they're like colin where's colin and a kid rose his hand, I guess. And then they're like, oh, there's Colin. And then later they're like, wait, where's Colin? And then nobody raises their hand. And they're like, Colin, you're not in trouble. Just raise your hand. You, We know you're on this flight. And he never raises his hand again. And they're going down each row. And they're like, where's Colin? Where's Colin? And I'm like, I don't care where Colin is. Close the door. Colin's on the plane. Let's go. And we didn't end up taking off until like 8.30, and we land at 9.30, get our luggage around 10, get to the shuttle to get to our car, get home around 11, go pick up the dogs, get back home around 12, go to sleep. And at this point, we'd been up for 20 hours, (laughs) which was so brutal. Uh, And then I slept until 1 o'clock the next day. So... Hell of a time trying to get back home. What was supposed to be an hour layover 
ended up being about a seven hour layover, six mm-hmm. hour layover, something like that. And I was only an hour flight from home. So that was getting real frustrating. But I, I guess I got another vacation of, day out of it. Yeah. But I think the moral of the story is, man, don't don't travel right now because we had issues, all sorts of issues with our planes and never on time. We didn't have one leave on time when we went to England and actually had to pay like $500 more just to get to England. So, yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, we missed our flight because of Air Canada in Dublin that was supposed to take us to Manchester. So we oh, were actually stuck goodness. in the Dublin airport for like five hours trying to find a plane. And because Similar. The- but yeah. I didn't have to try to find a plane because they I were trying like, to find one for you. <laughs> I was like, I'm riding this out, right? Yeah. The other flight was going to take off at six o'clock mm. to go to Baltimore, but they were going to fly down to Atlanta for a layover and then fly back up to Baltimore mm. and get home at midnight, land at midnight. I was like, no, let's just wait to see what happens here. Right. And uh, yeah, we're not at airport podcast. So I guess we'll get moving, but Suffice it to say, like Logan said, probably no, not a good. I, I've never had issues like this. Never. This is the first time never. I really had an issue and yeah. uh, kind of sucked. I think the airlines are just shocked that so many people want to travel after being stuck at home for two years. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of it's like staffing stuff, but this it was is. like an actual engine leak. So we put it yeah. down home fine. Like we were literally taxiing and <laughs> like, oh, never mind. Let turn around. Matt, so. Matt and Ashley would have died on that airplane if it had taken off with leaky <laughs> engines. They'd been like, nah, never, no. Get me off the plane. Yeah, Joy was a little like, when we were taking off the second time, she was like worried. I'm like, plane. look. I was like, no, it's a different plane, thank God. But I was like, look. <laughs> if there was an issue, we would turn around. We turned around at the last minute last time. So if there was an issue, they would turn us around. So don't be... Don't be uh, too upset. Okay, so uh, let's get into Gareth Bale to MLS. Somebody that will be on a flight very soon, Gareth Bale. Uh, I'm sure he won't have any delays. He'll probably be flying private jet or something. (laughs) He's joining LAFC, Logan, and this came out of nowhere. We talked last year about how he was in contact with DC United, and that always seemed like that would not be his destination. Uh, and LAFC makes a lot of sense. Um, he signed a 12 month contract through 2023 using TAM and mm-hmm. he has options through 2024. <clears throat> LAFC also had to send 75,000 in general allocation money because inner Miami, uh, said that they had discovery rights as if a club that young could discover Gareth Bale, who's been around for 12 years. Who is um, this Gareth who? Southgate? Yeah, we claim him. Uh, so what What are your thoughts on this? He he wants to play a lot in the mm-hmm. build-up to the World Cup, so I know he's going to actually have – look, people can make the jokes about the golf we just did, but to be honest, I think a lot of that stuff is, is Madrid stuff. Uh, Madrid controls the newspapers over there. They – whatever reason did not like Gareth Bale. The fans didn't like Gareth Bale. Even when he did play, even when he did score big goals in the champions league, they still whistled at him. So I, when he shows up for Wales, he shows up. I think he's going to show up for LAFC because he wants to show up for Wales in the world cup. So I think he's actually going to come here and give it his all. Uh, what are your thoughts on Gareth Bale moving to LAFC? Um, not as a DP. 
Yeah, no, I, I think it's a great deal. I think LAFC has finally done um, what they needed to do uh, all along. I think they they've always been really interested in not necessarily going after the big guys. They kind of left that to the galaxy and I know they haven't been around long, but they've left it up to the other clubs to go out and sign some of these bigger DP players or guys on, you know, Tam that were high functioning professional athletes and uh, guys that they thought could be faces of these franchises. But I think a lot of it is, is that LAFC is just not willing to take um, the risk or the bait to kind of sign those players because a lot of those players are just coming over for brand exposure. So I think uh, they've had to have done their due due diligence. I can't speak um, because you just don't make this signing out on a whim. Like you don't go to Gareth Bale and go, Hey, we've got this really cool idea. Um, So I think this is, this is LAFC, LAFC doing their legwork. This is LAFC doing scouting. They've had meetings with Gareth. Um, they've obviously gone and scouted and watched him play. I imagine they sent guys to watch him in World Cup qualifying. And if you're watching those highlights, I mean, Gareth Bale, Jordan, um, at one point was thought of as a top five player in the world. And there are still times where he looks like a top five player in the world. Um, I mean, and he's, he's only 33, I think I saw. 32. Um, 32. Um, so, I mean, this is huge, uh, not only for the league, um, but for LAFC, LAFC currently leads Supporter Shield and uh, the Western Conference. So, um, and probably heavy favorites right now to win MLS Cup. You add in Gareth Bale, and, and while he doesn't really have a clear cut position to play, I think LAFC is going to figure it out. I think you've got Vela that can play the nine. You can also put Bale in a false nine. Um, I know they've talked about that. Um, but overall, just my overall thoughts A plus um, to get him on a cheap deal like this. Um, and I know there was probably something along the lines of come over for this much because, you know, whatever's going on in Madrid is obviously not suiting you. And then with all your brand exposures and all of our advertisement, this is where other money will come from. And then later on, we'll make you a DP player if you decide to stick around. So I think that's their thinking. But overall, this is probably the best signing, um, what, since Rooney maybe? So I mean, this is huge because I, I think this could have that same effect because, you know, Gerard was a was a big player but didn't really, I think, take off as much as people thought. Uh, Zlatan was really good, I guess. So I guess you could compare it to that. But I think Gareth Bale is a bigger <clears throat> name than Gerard. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I, yeah. And I say that worldwide. Yeah. I mean, um, because Gerard was such a Liverpool player. Um, he's based in England. Gareth Bale time. has played at Tottenham. He's mm-hmm. played in Madrid. He has that exposure. I think he's a bigger name over here because soccer has grown during that time of him being a big player for mm-hmm. Tottenham and for uh, Madrid. So I do think that this is probably bigger than Gerard. I think he's going to try more than Gerard. I think that he is uh, – I think this is a great signing. Now, I wanted to ask you, does this make them immediate favorites, and is he instantly the best player in MLS? I would say they're, they're the heavy favorites even without him, honestly. Um, I still think there's a lot of teams that just aren't playing as well. I mean, you see the Eastern Conference, and none of them, I think, are opponents that could take them down. I think RSL really right now is the only team that could take down LAFC in a reasonable uh, – I mean, again, things happen in MLS playoffs are crazy. But, I mean, right now it seemed like LAFC is just firing on all cylinders. Um, <clears throat> that being said, is he the best player – in MLS. Um, this is where I hold, this is where I'm hesitant because 
he really hasn't played consistently since 1819. Like he hasn't. And I know Real Madrid's been a tough situation for him, but even when he went on loan back to Tottenham, <clears throat> it wasn't like he was accepted quick quickly. So I, I think that was part of the problem. I think I, I'm going to hold that judgment until he gets here and he plays the rest of the games. Um, Cause what they've got 17 games left, I think. Um, yeah. Half a season. So Come over here, play 16 matches, and I think he will because I think he knows how important he is to Wales. Um, and, man, Jordan, I'll tell you what, if he, if he plays like he has been playing for Wales, he is not only the best player in this league, but he's one of the best players in the world. Um, and that could be huge. And really nothing nothing wrong with this, right? It is a uh, apparently no. an LAFC option for the contract, too, and not uh, a Gareth Bale option. But – you know, if Gareth Bell doesn't want to play here, they'll find a way to kind of wiggle out of that. But I think that doesn't even hurt if it's just for this year, right? Like if the if he lights up the World Cup and somebody over in Europe is like, "Hey, we kind of want Gareth Bale back," uh, you you got your exposure when he's on the field for Wales at the World Cup. It'll say his club is LAFC. Like you'll get that exposure, and finally, maybe people understand there's more than just one LA team because. I think Fat Mob showed that he was going to Galaxy or whatever too. Yeah, like all these apps were like saying uh, he's going to Galaxy instead of um, LAFC. So hopefully that'll help with uh, their exposure because this is instantly the best player that's ever played for them. Yeah. You know, if Carlos Vela was the best player that ever played for them, Gareth Bale's way more than uh, <laughs> Carlos Vela. So right. this is instant. And actually, this is LAFC's David Beckham moment. No matter how long he stays, this is LAFC's David Beckham moment. This is the moment that can catapult that brand into oblivion. So hopefully he comes here. Hopefully he plays well. If he instantly comes here and wins an MLS Cup for LAFC, who have not reached that yet, that would be pretty great story-wise, right? Because he would go into that high with the MLS Cup going right into the World Cup. He'll be at the top of his game. And uh, that's that's something that could be pretty great for uh, getting Wales fans into MLS, getting uh, just UK, any UK fan into MLS more if somebody that they watched this whole time it's going over there. Could get Spanish fans, even though they didn't seem to like Gareth Bale. Could get some Spanish fans with, you know, uh, people that were Madrid fans might tune in to see uh, either if they're Madrid fans around the world or just in Spain, they might say, hey, I want to see how Gareth Bale is going to do over there. Um, you know, this just opens up so much more um, and actually could cause some conflict with Madrid fans that followed Beckham. Mm-hmm. to LA Galaxy now being like, oh, I wanted to watch Pale LAFC and just kind of change some allegiances or something. We'll see. But um, overall, really great move. I agree. I think that they're favorites probably without Bale, but I think where we've seen them constantly fail in the playoffs, adding Chiellini, who we didn't get a chance mm-hmm. to really talk about today, but we did last week, and adding for depth and adding uh, Gareth Bale, you can't go wrong with that. If you fail getting to MLS Cup, I don't think any fan can say our front office didn't do enough. Like they're adding while they're top of the West. This is the best chance they're going to ever have. 
They look like they're rejuvenated under Steve Trundolo. They're they're gonna have that chance to get to an MLS Cup final. Um, and right now that's probably the goal. And if they they fall short of it, then it's a failure. But they tried. It's not like this is like a this reminds me of like a baseball team buying at the trade deadline, right? Mm-hmm. They're they believe that they can win this just and add some pieces that are not just going to, you know, emphasize their brand worldwide, but are going to help them actually compete to win an MLS Cup. Um, so we'll see how it, how it goes, I guess. Um, and I think if that's the case, uh, it's looking uh, pretty bad for us because we have Seattle <laughs> and the Union as favorites. Uh, as our picks for MLS Cup. So um, I thought maybe we had LAFC on there, but nope. Another thing to add to is LAFC has a DP spot left and people tend to ignore that. And they said they weren't done. Um, they were going to still look for, I assume it's going to be a younger DP just because I think that they've, they've really cashed in on the ability to be able to get, pull guys that um, like a Rossi that are, are guys that they could later flip for profit. So, I mean, if you're looking at a club, um, that I think is resurfacing and, and becoming a premier league or premier side here. Um, I think it's them. Like, I think they've, they've turned the script around. Whereas you've got teams like Atlanta who could literally write the same story who are, are writing it in the wrong way. So it's really interesting because Atlanta has the same amount of money as LAFC does. Why don't you spend like they do? And LAFC, I mean, they've been calculated and, and they weren't a lot of fun to watch last year, but, Man, this this turns when when Carlos Vela, who we've been talking about for months, is the smallest piece of news that you could possibly have for LAFC. You know that they're doing something right, and man, this just this is scary for the rest of the league. Yeah, Logan just brought it up. Vela resigning uh, on the team, which we had heard was in the works and just a formality for a few weeks now, gets announced like. The day before or the day of mm-hmm. this news, I think it was, it was pretty back to, I think it was the same day. Cause they were like, what a day for LAFC re-signing mm-hmm. Vela, getting Gareth Bale. The Bale news broke like early in the morning and it was like officially confirmed later that day. Like it was quick. <laughs> it was. Yeah. They celebrated Carlos Vela with Gareth Bale signing. Yeah. And I'm sure Vela is fine with that. He's like, all right. What a quick turnaround for LAFC, though, from like really bad season mm-hmm. to completely new start and great getting signings. <laughs> great signings and being top of the league. Like that was real quick. I don't think we thought it was going to happen that quickly, but it has. They are seven points up on any person challenging. For the supporter shield, I think if I, I, I don't know if I see them being stopped in that right now. So, what we do know is that the first game that Chiellini and Bale could play in is next week's, um, El Trafico. Mm-hmm. So, that's that's pretty great. That was Latan's first game, so uh, that's pretty cool. 
that that seems to be when all the big stars are coming over to LA, it's time for their first appearance to be in El Trafico. God, listen to these signings now. Ilya Sanchez, Maxime Cripo, Kellen Acosta was traded. Um, and they also got Ryan Hollingshead and they re-solidified Brian Rodriguez's spot on the team um, over the last year. I mean, th- you could act like he was assigning his, uh, as he was just on loan, but God, it was, this is crazy. And then you add in bail and then they could go out and buy somebody else and they didn't even spend that much money to get bail over here. It's like, come on. <laughs> and you know, they like to spend is that Dodgers ownership. It's kind of that management style where they, you know, they'll buy anybody they want. It's that same money. I will say, apparently Latif Blessing put on his Instagram story, I'm not happy here anymore. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they maybe said they they'll try to move him. Midfielder. Yeah, because they thought it, they thought a, D, a DP spot would be like a, a good defensive mid that could hold. Because they said that's the one, the one spot I think LAFC could really increase their abilities was kind of defensively in that middle of the field. But I don't know. I guess we'll see. All right, let's get into uh, Adrian Heath. Um, is now signing an extension through 2024. So his contract ran up through the end of this year, and now they are uh, re-signing him for two additional seasons. Here's their quote as they currently sit 11th at the time that they re-signed him, okay? Adrian has been absolutely instrumental in driving the competitive success Minnesota United achieved in its first five MLS seasons, being one of only three Western Conference teams to make the MLS Cup playoffs in each of the last three years, including the Western Conference Finals in 2020. The commitment he and his wife Jane have to this club and to our community is inarguable. As we continue to build the momentum created during the early phase of Minnesota United's development, I look forward to working with Adrian and our entire team to achieve even greater levels of success both on and off the field. Here's his record, by the way. 73 wins, 79 losses, 39 draws in five MLS seasons. Um they do pretty good at home, 47 wins, 21 losses, 19 draws. But really, it's been kind of downhill since 2019 club record points. They made U.S. Open Cup final. The following year, they reached their Western Conference final. And then last year wasn't as great this year. It's arguable that they missed the playoffs. They currently sit 10th, two points back of any playoff spot, but... I'm sorry, Minnesota fans. I literally said last time we recorded, I think he's gone at the end of the season. It's time to move on. But apparently Minnesota, mediocre is good enough. I don't understand it. Like, I I just, uh, they've lost six of their last eight. Or no, sorry. One, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, Six of their last nine, excuse me. Um, And beat teams that they should beat. So it's, it's not like, you know, they're setting the world on fire. Like, I, I just don't get it. Um, 
he's never had MLS success, really. Like, I mean, those are successful years, I guess. Um, but you also have to take out the COVID year because I don't think the COVID year is fair. Um, I really don't think that they've been strong or, or had any strengths that I can think of over the last couple of years where you're looking like it's going to move forward. Um, they just lost their center forward again, so they're going to once again be looking for a DP that can come in and fill uh, their center forward spot. So, I don't know. It, he was awful with Orlando, and I know how quickly it crashed. Um, he was good with them when they were in the lower leagues, but it, it once they got to the MLS, it, it just – and I looked at his average points. It was like below 1.5, I think, and that's never great on a coach. It doesn't reflect very well on him, so – I don't know. It just seems like he's just not meant for it. He could be a really nice guy. And I think that's part of the reason why so many of these coaches hang on as long as they do um, is because they are nice or not nice. And that's why they're canned. Um, it seems like this is just more about the personal relationship that ownership has with Adrian Heath than it is about actually building a successful uh, soccer club. So I could be wrong, but it seems to be going in the wrong direction. Yeah. Um, I don't know. This is a tough situation. They're only two bad, two points back of a playoff spot, but they haven't really made a lot of ground. They were in eleventh when that news story came out. They're in tenth. You know, that's after two games since then with one loss and one win. So they've moved up one spot, but that they're still actually even with eleventh place. <laughs> they just have better goal differential. So. I don't know. I, I I think I stick to what I said last week. It should have been should have been done already. I think it's still um, firing. Um, and I, I will say the can, two yeah, the but... two years things though that that's still like that's not a very good vote of confidence. Like if you're if you're confident in a manager, you go at least three, right? Because <laughs> this is more of like we'll give you two more years to figure it out. And if you don't figure it out in two years, we'd like for you to move on. And he is older, so I don't know, you know what what would happen but this seems much more of like the you're a nice guy we'll see what happens i guess um i feel like they've just kind of been in this uh, yeah i don't know it's kind of it's weird I, two year deal we'll see i guess um they're going to miss the playoffs i'll write that down I'm writing that down. Hold on. Yeah, write it down. They're missing the playoffs. June 30th, MNUFC will miss the playoffs because the eight teams above them right now in those spots, but I don't really consider Dynamo better than them, but maybe. It's locked in. Yeah. Put it here. We are locked in. In to Logan's prediction. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, before we move on, just wanted to cover something real quick. FIFA is expanding the 2022 World Cup final rosters to 26 players. Um, from 23 up to 26 due to the rules. I think we're having five subs. So it will be a different, um, some different rules. For the World Cup. Also, apparently today they announced what teams are going to be in the League's Cup showcase this year, which is before we start the League's Cup proper next year with the new format. Uh, 
Cincinnati versus Chivas of Guadalajara, Nashville versus Club America, RSL versus Atlas will be taking place in September. Um, and it'll be the first time in history that all those clubs will face off against each other. Um, previously announced is a doubleheader in LA featuring Galaxy versus Chivas and LAFC versus Club America on August 3rd. So it looks like we're getting two on August 3rd and three on September 21st and well, and 22nd. Um, there you go. We'll see how that goes, I guess. Um, what was the other thing I wanted to cover? Oh, I guess my trip to Utah. We'll get into a little bit of that right now. Uh, I went to Rio Tinto Stadium and got there early. It's in Sandy, Utah. It's about a 20-minute Uber from my hotel. And we get there. Uh, we get inside, look in the shop, don't buy anything yet. Look in for food, get some food, sit down. And as I sit down, getting ready to eat my food, uh, a man comes over to me, Logan. He's wearing the staff uh, lanyard. I think his name was Brady. So if that's your name, thank you, Brady. <laughs> <laughs> and he comes over and he says, Jordan? And I'm like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> and he says, here, we wanted you to have this. Uh, we hear you come from far away to see the match. You know, so here's this. And he hands me a scarf. Hands me a scarf. So I get this uh, scarf that has Real Salt Lake on one side, Believe on the other side. And uh, I don't know why I got this, but it's really cool. So I just thank you for uh, thank you. Real Salt Lake for for giving this to me. I don't know if it was due to my birthday, which was the next day. I don't know if it was due to Logan telling them it was my birthday <laughs> or that I was in town, right? I don't know what caused this to happen, uh, or if they just looked up and saw that I, because they knew exactly where I was sitting. They mm -hmm. just looked up my ticket and saw that I was coming from like far away, and they're like, "Oh, that's cool. Let's find him." and give him something. I don't know what it was, but it was really cool to be able to uh, to get that. And I'm trying to find a picture of it that I can share um, on the screen for the people that are watching uh, the video. This is the scarf I got here in front of Rio Tinto. <laughs> and uh, yeah, there... Uh, that it made my night. Made my night. Then he, then they asked me who I was rooting for. I said Real Salt Lake, of course. <laughs> I already had the hat on. I got the hat at a store, like a Lids store, um, in a mall somewhere. But uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this. So thank you, if you happen to listen to this Real Salt Lake. We appreciate the scarf, and uh, I'm working on a video about my trip as well. And uh, I, I'm hoping. I get something from the Red Bulls when I go now. I'm thinking I'd be working on a tweet now. Um, I'm hoping it's because they saw our Twitter. Like I'm hoping, I'm hoping they went deep because I didn't mention you were from 
like that far away. Like I just said, you were coming in from out of town that you were going to go catch a game. I'm hoping they that it was a chain of events. I'm hoping that I'm hoping they looked you up. I'm hoping they looked you up in your profile. I'm hoping that they heard something like this. It'd be great if they did. Um, but that's really cool that they did that. Like I can't believe that they they spent time. You could tell they spent time going out of their way to make sure that you got that. Um, and that's just cool. Like that, that's a really cool experience. Plus, their stadium's gorgeous from all the pictures. I felt so there. powerful, by the way. You should have. I know people around you were like, "Who the heck is this? <laughs> Who is this guy? Like, what is he even?" Um, I was like, "Man, <clears throat> is this what?" Uh, you know how like sometimes you'll see like Jason Davis or other people get like stuff yeah. in the mail, like care packages yep. from clubs, and I'm Gets like, "That's what there. I want." And I felt like I got that this time. I think you did. I don't know. Like, I just. It's cool. Like I, I don't think they do it for everybody. Otherwise, I think a lot of people would be tweeting at them. Yeah, my so. dad was like, "Yeah, it probably hurt your feelings when they went to the next row down and gave somebody else one." I was like, "No, that didn't happen." <laughs> right. They didn't favor to tweet. They didn't reply to anybody. It was in their replies. Yes. Um, but no, it is cool. I mean, it could have been even uh, some of the guys that you were interacting because we asked if anybody had advice before the game. Yeah. yeah. Could have been any of that. Um, like so. And that's how go. I think it got seen. Yeah. That's how I think it got seen. And then what I assume is since we, I was tagged in it, right? Mm-hmm. They saw Jordan Wiegand. They looked up if I bought a ticket where I'm sitting and they just knew where to found me. Or yeah. they saw my tweet when I said, here's where I'm sitting pretty much. And they came and found me. I don't know. But Nick Romando told him to give you. Yeah. I a, think I saw scarf. him, by the way. Did you? I think I saw him outside, and I was like, oh, my God, I think that's Nick Romando. And Joy's like, go say something to him. I'm like, no, I'm not going to say something to him right now. I'm always awkward like that, too. I'm like, I don't know Yeah, like, people ask – somebody was asking him for a picture or something. I was like, I'm not just going to go up there and be like, uh, hello. (laughs) Um, Are you Nick? Yes. But it was cool. It was cool. So I'm going to be probably over the weekend working on the video. Out of all the stadiums you've been to, how many have you been to now? Let's count them. Uh, Philly, right? Mm-hmm. Audi Field in DC. Mm-hmm. Uh, Exploria. Mm-hmm. Um, Rio Tinto. That might be it. Which one's your Which one's your favorite outside of Union, out of Subaru? Uh, I think I'd have to go with uh, Rio Tinto. Yeah. Yeah. It looked gorgeous. Just a view. Like, uh, now, yeah. I will say one bad thing about the view <gasps> that night is that uh, a store called At Home caught fire right behind. Oh, shoot. Right behind. And the fumes started coming into mm. the stadium. Uh, it messed with Joy's asthma, and you could just smell the burning uh, while you're sitting there trying to watch the game. It eventually went down at some point, but uh rio tinto had to i mean uh, rio salt like had to put out a tweet saying what it was because people kept tweeting them like what is that thing it was this big black pillar of smoke mm-hmm. and you're like hopefully everything's okay i'm like you know joy's like what is that i'm like i don't know maybe it's something to do with the fireworks after the night i don't know <laughs> but uh i was trying not to think of it being something bad. The worst case scenario yeah yeah i think everybody made it out okay though in there That's i good. haven't heard anything bad so i'm sure it's fine but thank you for your hospitality. We uh, love you. Rio Tinto and RSL. Because uh, I, I said I want to go back there anyway to see them actually score a goal this time. Um, yeah, that was we'll, a we'll get into the game later. But yeah, 
All right, let's get into uh, some of the matches. Well, again, U.S. Open Cup, Red Bulls beat NYCFC 3-0. I'm kind of hoping for that type of scoreline in the Hudson River Derby. I'm going to wear my Terry on Ray stuff. We're going to tweet. We're going to get a free scarf there, too, or something. We're, we're going to get something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. I've been, a, coming all I've the way been from... a Red Bull fan since 96. I don't Nova know. I'm just Scotia. like pull some stuff. <laughs> He's never been on a train before, and he finally made it to the game. Yes. Some sap story. SKC beat Omaha 6-0, and it's so funny because, like, the first 10 minutes, you're like, Omaha looks pretty good. And then right after that, goals just piled onto on them. It was awful. It was like I got it. I looked at something. I was like, "Oh, it's one nothing." That's why he stopped saying about how good Omaha looked. And then I looked later; it's six nothing. They looked so good for the first like fifteen minutes, man. It was like, all right, this team's like putting it up against SKC, and SKC was making a ton of mistakes, not connecting any of the passes. They looked sloppy. They looked like they've looked all year. Uh, But then all of a sudden, it was like SKC was in the box for about ninety nine percent of the time. It's like, oh, this can't be good. (laughs) And Orlando last night round out the semifinals i'm repping the orlando city jersey nice because of this game finishes 1-1 goes to penalties orlando's gonna win in penalties but nashville was just moments away logan and actually if you look at the foul leading up to orlando's goal Mm. i don't think it's a foul uh orlando get really bailed out here but just want to ask you as an orlando fan and me, an honorary Orlando fan, but I'm going to ask you, since they're your local team, how important would a U.S. Open Cup run and win or just run to the final be for Orlando fans? And how would that help Oscar Perea, uh with making his stamp on the team? It, it would do well for his legacy with Orlando City. Um, we've been watching good soccer. I mean, we've been watching playoff soccer, which has been great. Um, Orlando City was in disarray when Adrian was here. Um, uh, and prior to this, I think before, it just felt like Orlando City was just this laughable cause. We were one of those expansion teams that I thought wasn't going to perform well enough to be um, a team that would be, you know, top four or five in the league uh, or sorry, sorry conference. Um, but now we've come, I mean, we come to this solid middle of the pack um, in the playoff group. And, and so that's exciting to add our first trophy ever in MLS. That would be huge. Um I think a run to the final will a run to the final will make fans go, okay, this season isn't a complete bust if we fall out of the playoffs early. Um, if we make this run in U.S. Open, like it's good, um, we can build on this. This is something we build on. Plus, we're we're kind of like in this stage of like retooling the team after Nani left, DK left. Like we're still in this kind of weird phase where if they add a couple more pieces over the off season, um, they need some more firepower up front. Um, but I, I think you know looking at things and the way that they've kind of fallen into place, a good run to the final could be momentum running into the, the second half of the season. Um, and we've got all of our guys back and healthy. So that's a huge help. Gaston Jimenez is coming in. Um, so that should be an added boost defensively in the midfield. So it, it's all looking up for Orlando, a huge run here and maybe winning a cup, man, this could be one of those things that Orlando looks back on and goes, remember, this is what propelled us into the top three or four spots in the playoffs. And and we went on a nice little run in the Eastern conference. So this would be huge for Orlando city. Um, And especially because this city just doesn't see a lot of cups or silverware anyway. So. 
Yeah, you got the magic, and that's it. Right? Man, it's no help. Um, <laughs> the solar bears, they don't ever win it either. And yeah, I don't think like Preya's on the hot seat or anything. No. So let, let, let's look at it, right? I'm looking at their history, and just a reminder for anybody here that uh, when they made the playoffs in 2020, it was their first time making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Okay. That year, they were also runner-up in MLS's back uh, tournament. Last year, uh, you know, they get knocked. Well, they made a quarterfinal run in 2020. Um, Then they get knocked off in round one of uh, last year. The last time they were in the semifinals, it was 2019 for the Open Cup. They lost to Atlanta, who went on to beat Minnesota United and Adrian Heath. Um, in 2019, I'm starting to think just Heath and Orlando themselves are just cursed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, this would be I I think a really big deal for Orlando. It's a it's a cup. It would be a chance for the Champions League. You know, uh, I think it would show some legitimacy. I think this would be a bigger win than MLS's back would have been mm-hmm. because that tournament was literally made up to continue the season after COVID. So having this be an actual legitimate competition, that's finally back to playing games after being canceled the last two seasons. I don't know. I think that would be a pretty, pretty good sign for Oscar Perea and maybe like you said, be able to catapult this into something else going going forward but for red bull too because red bull hasn't won anything so it, it yeah they've won and, supporter shields yeah. i don't think they won they've never won a cup. cup yeah um so they've never won this competition and, and orlando city haven't and actually uh if whichever one of them reaches the final they get to host um yeah so and you host the semifinal. Mm-hmm. so this is good for Orlando. Like this could be really beneficial for them, but time for Logan um, to buy some tickets. Yeah, I know. That's what I was just thinking. Um, maybe do a little vlog in there um, with my there new camera go. that I just got in. So, oh, you just got a new camera? Yeah, my old one did not uh, did not go well for it. Battery exploded in it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. The only cups that. Uh... Red Bull have ever won is that uh, supporter? three supporter shields mm-hmm. 2013, 2015, and 2018. They were runners up in the Open Cup in 2017 and 2003, but uh, not not enough to win, other win a trophy. Orlando had to be the best team in the league, too. One of the best teams besides LAFC. So. Yeah, so they'll face uh, Red Bull, and we'll have Sacramento facing off against um, SKC. SKC at Sacramento. So, Sacramento yeah. So I'm host. assuming you're rooting for Sac Republic mm-hmm. to try to beat them, and then uh, Sac Republic beat Orlando in the final. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. I want chaos. I'm okay with it. Like as an Orlando fan, people are like, "What the heck?" I'm like, "But it would be so cool if he if it a would. lower no, it tier would be club good. would win." Yeah, if you're just looking at this. the story, the narrative, man, the narrative. 
Um, it's probably going to be an MLS team in the final, so you'll probably be up against SKC. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, they kicked the union's butt in that final a few years ago, and I was very, very upset. But I get them got to meet Jimmy Conrad. Just went up to him and said, "Hey, Jimmy," and took a picture with him. But not Nick Romano. I think he thought I was going to start something because he was with KC people <laughs> and I had my union stuff on and it was very tense. You know how Philly fans are, yeah. right? And I'm the opposite of a Philly fan in that regard. Um, so I go up to him and just like, Jimmy. And he's like looking at me like, Oh, what's this guy going to say? I was like, like great game. Nice to meet you or whatever. And I just uh, took a picture with him. So <laughs> He was probably like, that's the nicest Philadelphia person ever. Right. It's because I am Philadelphian. not from Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the chip on my shoulder that the Philly fans do. Okay, um, let's get into the league then, I guess, here. Uh, Cincy beat Orlando. So from the high, well, that was a low, and then they went to the Open Cup the next uh, midweek. Um, but I think Cincy's beat them twice this year. Yeah, it is. Because they uh, updated the uh, Wikipedia page to say owner of Orlando City is FC Cincinnati. <laughs> oh boy, Sounders beat SKC three uh, nil. I got to watch some of that game because um, my hotel, thankfully, had ESPN. So mm-hmm. when I or ABC, and I got back to the room uh, before I had to go to dinner or wherever we were going, and I this was. Oh, that was the night of the game, right? So I had this event at 3.30 to 5.30 that I had to go to in the convention center. And uh, I got to watch from like 2 to 3 mountain time or whatever. And then I left 3 o'clock to go over to the convention center. And that was right after the game had ended. So I got to see like the second half and uh, of that game, which was fun. Um, DC lose to Nashville 3-1. Montreal beat Charlotte two to one. They're now top of the East, by the way. We'll get to them in a bit. TFC beat Atlanta two to one. Uh, Houston beat Chicago two nil. Miami beat Minnesota two one. Austin and Dallas two two. As Austin had to come from two nil down at home and equalize late. RSL Columbus, the only nil-nil game of the night is exactly where I want it to be. And then <laughs> Portland 3, Colorado, nil is Portland getting on a little bit of a hot streak. Talking about RSL Columbus, I saw some people say it was a boring game. I still enjoyed it. Um, I could see it being boring if you're on the East Coast and you're trying to stay up. <laughs> Me, I was in mountain time, baby. I was <laughs> just like loving it. Joy was very entertained. Um, the issue, and I talk about this in the video I'm making, by the way. I did this like pre post match wrap up when I was in the hotel room, and it was pretty much just they couldn't break Columbus down, they didn't mm-hmm. have a finisher, and they also didn't have the final ball. They were moving what I would describe as very slow, and I don't mean like physically slow. I mean, moving the ball slow. They have, they're running, they pull it back, they're looking for a pass, and then at that point, crew has 10 people behind the ball, and there's nowhere to go. Is pretty much what RSL was facing. And they didn't have any magic, 
person that could that could do it. And actually, the closest chance to a goal is Santos trying to. Some people said it was a cross. I think it was a shot. He saw <laughs> McMath was off of his line. He tries chipping it. McMath has to go back and hit it over the bar. It was a great save. It was the closest it was to a goal, and it came from in the final third, kind of right on the edge of midfield. <laughs> you know, it was kind of like on the left-hand side. Um, so that was kind of the 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 tail of the tape for RSL. They just didn't have anything that could break it down. I think it's only their second draw at home this year as well. So they're doing pretty good. Uh, it just happens to be that I went to the wrong game I guess, <laughs> for RSL. Um, and I think there was maybe the first or second game they didn't score at home or something. It, it was something it, it, crazy stats like that, that I had read that I did not follow up on for this podcast at all. Um, but it was fun. We had fun. And I love that Zach McMath was there for people that don't know. I was telling my wife too, while I was there, I said, see that guy in the goal. His name is Zach McMath. I said, he's a former Maryland Terrapin. He got drafted by the union when I was in the draft in Baltimore with my dad and he was a union player. I thought he was great. He didn't really get chances at times. Um, he kind of got shifted around the league. And the next thing I know he's at RSL while I'm there. So hmm. that was, that was cool. I enjoyed that. But yeah, so that was the story of that and crew. I actually thought they were going to steal it at the end a few times. I just yeah. had that feeling like, uh Oh, here they come, but uh, they, they couldn't score either. So uh, it, it ended up being kind of even possession wise, which was surprising. Cause I really felt like RSL had most of the possession while I'm watching the game, but it turned out to be 51 to 48 possession and some decimals there. 11 shots though, for RSL to Columbus's five. And only four of those 11 were on goal um, to cruise one. And that one on goal, I think, is that McMath one that was saved from Santos. So uh, I still enjoyed it. So that's fun. I thought the ref was awful, by the way. That's been the case a lot lately with MLS. It has. I know that's been the case for years. But, I mean, I, I felt like it had been getting a little better. But this was like... It felt like it was every little piece of contact, whistle, whistle, mm-hmm. whistle. And I'm like, oh, my God, just let the game go for a little bit. Falling for dives. I mean, mm-hmm. there, there was a few times where you're like, that is not a foul. Just let it go. Um, we had this one annoying guy sitting about a section over from us that was yelling at the ref all the time. And I'm like, dude, just stop. He's like calling them names. He's saying how blind he is and all that kind of stuff. Uh, he wasn't very creative with his insults. And I was like, just just let it go. Um, <laughs> just let it go. Moving on to Sunday, my birthday, LAFC uh, beat Red Bulls 2-0. Uh, Philly beat NYCFC 2-1. And Vancouver drew with New England 0-0. Now, this Philly Union NYCFC game had it all, Logan. Everything blew up in this match as one of the unions uh uh one of the unions uh, athletic trainers paul rush is actually gonna get a 
a fine and a red card for his uh, aggressive behavior toward opposition players in the 77th minute of the game. And I saw a lot of union fans say that uh, this is ridiculous. This is also Paul Rushing's second time this season getting a warning or some sort of thing about getting involved. Now he's been there since 2010. So two Mm -hmm. out of 12 years, not bad. Right. But uh, the fact that both happened this year, I don't condone him pushing Acevedo, you know, Mm -hmm. most people say, well, Acevedo started it, right. He is trying to pick up the union player who's on the ground. I get it, but he's, he barely really tries to pick up the guy on the ground. And I still don't think anything you do that a staff member should be pushing a player. Mm-hmm. I think there's other ways to get them to move. Uh, people are saying, you know, blaming the ref. And I get it. But I think all you have to do is uh, if the guy's in your way, ref, get this guy out of my way. I'm trying to check on my player here. Mm-hmm. should be that simple. <clears throat> yeah. also then you can't act this is what drives me nuts with it is when people say well he's stopping the trainer from doing his job and that's true but the trainer then leaves his job to go fight multiple players while another trainer is checking on the player on the ground so obviously it didn't really stop him from doing his job because he he leaves his job at some point to go push Tati Castellanos. Castellanos is going to, um, well, he pushes Acevedo a few times. Then Tati's going to come over and push him lightly, by the way. And it's just, you know, I, I was getting ratioed <laughs> pretty hard. Um, I don't know. I, I think I'm pretty unbiased when it comes to that kind of stuff, because like I said, I don't have the chip on my shoulder as a, as a union fan, as a Philadelphia fan, I'm from a whole different area, just, you know, 90 minutes South, but we don't really have that vibe here in most Mm -hmm. of our teams. I mean, I guess sometimes any player, any fans will say, Oh, the refs are against us. Right. No matter what team or sport, but I don't know, man, I thought this was unprofessional and I didn't like it. And I think it's fine. He got the red card should Tati have been probably carded more than he was? Maybe. I don't know. But this whole thing comes from him pushing a player instead of just saying, hey, ref, I need this guy out of my way, which I think would have solved it. Yeah. What are your no, thoughts? I agree with you. I agree with you. I think rushing didn't have the right to push a player. Because um, then another thing could happen where what if he had pushed somebody and it, it hurt them? You know, something like that. Um, the one thing I liked, I was listening to Kellen Carr um, talk about it, and Kalen was like, "Hey, let the players, let the players handle it, because they would. You you see this all the time. You see a player go over and try to pick a guy up that he thinks is over exaggerating things to try to get a card, and he tries to pick somebody up, and then his other teammate will come over and you know the teammate of the guy laying on the ground will come over and just like shove him off, and then go have that little scrum over there, like go have it over there away from the player. Um, the biggest thing." Like you said, Jordan, I think I'd have been more on the side if, if the trainer had just initially like pushed the player a little bit, like, hey, move. 
and then went to work and then didn't have any other interactions. Yeah, but the fact I would have been fine with that then, too. Yeah. The fact that he then turns and then tries to find players to try to push around, that's where I think. And then they had to have, uh, who was it? Was it Glesnus that had to come yep. over and like hug him, like bear hug him? And Glesnus was even having a hard time. And Glesnus is huge. Um, but this guy looked like a Coke machine with arms, this trainer. And then his escort also looked like a Coke. Like, I don't know what Union do. I think they just... Um, I guess they hire every trainer that looks like they lift weights for a living. Um, but they all, they're like all big guys and they're all yelling at people and the trainer. I'm like, I've never seen, this looks like WWE. Like this looks like some kind of fake like scene that MLS has put on just because, and I don't know. This just had all sorts of weird vibes about it. And then the fact that Tati came over and he just lightly touches the trainer and the trainer went absolutely berserk on Castellanos. I just, I, I'm in agreement with you. Um, and you shouldn't have been getting ratioed because, uh, again, I think it was definitely the right call. Um, you red card it, and then the trainers will never do it again. So this is the first time a trainer's ever got red carded, I think. So this is absolutely insane. Yeah, I think um, – let me see if I can find what I would said because I felt like I was speaking pretty – I don't know. Honestly, With I think no I bias. may have – I may have misread something originally. I thought Acevedo was trying to check on the player at first, but then you see he wasn't. He was trying to pick him up. But um, what I said was something like, you know, somebody was like, well, watch it again. You'll see Tati pushes him. I'm like, yeah, but that's after that's after he had already pushed and Acevedo was trying twice. To fight everybody. And I'm like, this is, I just said, I don't think you should touch. And they're like, well, what would you say if somebody came into your office and got in your face, preventing you from doing your job? And I, I don't think that's the case. I don't think anybody got in his face. He's he's trying to get down and check the player, right? Mm-hmm. But the guy is trying to pick up the player. That's not getting in his face. He no. doesn't get in his face till he pushes them. Um. I said, I don't agree with Tati pushing him either, but our trainer did that first. I understand the player is in the way, but you get in the move without pushing him. And I said, I, you know, somebody said the officials need to do a better job. Starts with them. I said, I get that, but I don't think a staff member should start a physical confrontation. They said, you also shouldn't push staff back. Moot point. I said, and I said Tati, Tati shouldn't have. So I said, I don't think it's that hard to not touch someone or physically push them if they're in the way. I have to deal with it all the time. I, you know, we, we worked in customer service. We had people on our faces. Mm-hmm. You're able to get them to move without yes. pushing them. I don't think it's that hard to do that. Um, and if you have the ref right there, you're supposed to have the whole thing. Yeah. He didn't handle it well, but just, Hey, I need this guy on my way. I'm trying to check on my players. All you need to do. And I think it would have been fine. But Castellanos is going to equalize in that game, and then Corey Burke is going to score in the 90-plus-6. Union go top of the East at that point. That's going to change over the midweek here from what just happened this week. And that is this Sunday. We had Orlando, Nashville, we already talked about. We had Cincinnati versus NYCFC finish 4-4. A Brenner hat trick. He almost scored four. It's ruled offside or else. Cincinnati wins this game. They were up 3-0, Logan, which is kind of the story we always hear with Cincinnati. They're up two to three goals and end up blowing it. 
And um, they did here, but at one point they were actually down 4-3. They're going to come back 4-4. So while you're thinking we missed points, I'm sure it's a little easier to stomach when you get the draw instead of the loss after having a 3-0 lead. So uh, I know I saw Pat Noonan and fans were not very happy with the ref in this either or, you know, just with the situation. Then we get Chicago beating Philly 1-0. We also had the crew beat Toronto. Chicago beat Philly. There's a shout late on for a penalty for Corey Burke going down the box. As a Union fan, I don't think this is a penalty. There's barely anything I can see from this angle. I think the one thing we have to work on, this is Soldier Field. That shouldn't be that hard to have more than one angle for a review, but I feel like this is the only angle they ever had because it's the only angle they ever showed. So I don't know what's going on there. I feel like you got to have more angles. You get 36 million angles in that stadium for the Bears games. And I'm hoping with the Apple MLS deal, when we upgrade everything, that we're getting more angles too, because sometimes it seems like we have two angles in a stadium. We also had uh, Sounders lose to Montreal 2-1 as uh, Jordan Morris scored three minutes in and then Montreal scored two unanswered goals. Minnesota beat the Galaxy 3-2. There's a terrible red card on Cabral in this game, which I ranted about on Twitter as well. I said, how can this be a red card and how can this even stand with VAR? (laughs) They confirm it, Logan. They confirm yeah. the red card as Cabral is obviously jumping over St. Clair, trying not to run into him, accidentally hits him a bit, and he's red carded. This is dumb. So dumb. And then we had LAFC beat Dallas 3-1 in Timbers 2-1 over Houston. Timbers rolling a bit here. Do you have anything about the Cabral red card or how that could possibly stand through... VAR, I don't get it. I think the the VAR assistant must have been like out of the office taking a pee break or something. They couldn't get through to him. Um, I just like it's so stupid because actually it's the left foot when he jumps over that you could argue maybe he did keep it down on purpose, but he doesn't touch St. Clair. So they, like it, it's the right foot, but you can see him bring it all the way up to like his like back behind him. Like oh shoot, I'm gonna kick that guy in the face, and then like even the keeper kind of looks surprised. Like oh oh like it, it just uh, it, it's such a horrible call like how can you call something so tight like I, I just don't understand maybe give him a yellow and send him on like I, I don't know like this is stupid I, I don't understand you could look at this I, I looked at it once and it was like yeah no that's not a, that's not a red card um <laughs> nor I think that any of the other players think that it, like none of none of the Minnesota players even like flinched like it was a red card like it, it's so stupid uh greg vanny didn't even know he was red card right. uh, i mean he's like walking off the field and greg vanny's like wait what this mm-hmm. is a red card like look we didn't really talk about it but var has been kind of centralized right to mm-hmm. atlanta now and there was actually what game was it it was a sunday game i think uh it may have been the lafc game where var was not going to be in effect because they were having issues at the central location. So, mm-hmm. hey, just hopefully nothing bad happens. That is, How does that happen? 
Yeah. How does that happen? Is it, it was the Atlanta game last? No, it was LAFC game, I think, against um, Red Bulls two nil. Luckily, nothing controversial happened in that one, I think. But how lucky we were that it was back up and running for Union mm-hmm. uh, NYCFC, where all that happened. Because who knows what they could have what could have happened if VAR wasn't there for that? I guess, but. We got to figure this out. If it was going to be centralized to make it easier and then you're still having connectivity issues or something, then maybe you shouldn't centralize it. I don't know. Or have a backup. There's got to be some way to figure this figure this out. Um, it can't just be, oh, VAR's down, so we're not using it this game. Because literally, what would have happened if something should have been a penalty and wasn't called because VAR wasn't there? I mean... Who knows? They probably wouldn't have called it anyway, even with VAR, from what we saw this week anyway. Well, we got two games tonight, Logan. We have Charlotte-Austin, which is going on right now, nil-nil. And we have Red Bulls-Atlanta at 8 o'clock. And then on Saturday, we have Toronto versus Seattle at 7.30. Vancouver versus LAFC at 10. Then on Sunday... We have NYCFC versus Atlanta at 5 o'clock. The Crew versus Philadelphia at 7.30. Revs versus Cincinnati at 7.30. SKC versus New York at 8 o'clock. Minnesota RSL at 8. Houston, Charlotte at 8.30. Nashville, Portland at 8.30. San Jose, Chicago at 9. And then we have some July 4th games. Orlando, D.C. at 7. Rapids, Austin at 9. Dallas, Miami at 9, and 10.30, LA Galaxy, Montreal at 10.30 on July 4th. Let's hit that game of the week preview. It's time for the match of the week preview. Match of the week preview is where we tell you what game you should watch this weekend. And uh, I think there's not many good matchups. I think mm-hmm. it's pretty middle of the road here. I'm going to go with Galaxy Montreal because Montreal's top of the East. Galaxy trying to turn this thing around as they've been struggling a bit. They have one win in their last five, Logan. They have two losses and two draws. That last win was against Austin on May 29th, a whole month ago. And uh, Montreal, three wins and two losses in their last five. They're top of the East, tied for points, but uh, I guess have a better something. Uh, They don't have a better goal differential. The, yeah, impact are top. Uh, What is that for? Record or goal scored? Goal scored, I think. 32. I tell you, the Union have something going on, man. They can't, even with all the players they brought in to try to help scoring goals, they can't score goals. They sometimes give up leads with their defense. They're probably going to lose Kai Wagner. Uh, I'm kind of down on the Union. So, of course, this will be the year they win MLS Cup because (laughs) that's how it happens sometimes. You'll have like that year where you're the best record, and then you'll have a year where you're not, and that's the year you win it all. So, who knows? I think uh, they really need to figure that out in Philly, but Montreal have somehow taken the spot there. NYCFC have dropped 
out of having two wins, a loss and two draws in their last five, they've kind of come back down to earth a bit. Uh, what game are you picking this week? So I'm going to go inner Miami and FC Dallas, uh, inner Miami's won three of their last four. They're sitting currently in the eighth spot in uh, the East. So looking at a playoff spot, uh, potentially for inner Miami. I mean, they're going to be chasing down the, the revs who are now back up in that seven spot in the playoffs and Cincinnati who's been playing pretty well. So inner Miami, you know, making a, a, a statement there and that nine spot or sorry, eight spot, hoping to get into the seventh sneak into the playoffs, FC Dallas, uh, top four team in the West. Um, haven't been playing too well recently. I think they've lost three of their last five. Um, this team, these two teams have only met, uh, once, um, FC Dallas beat them two, one back in 2020 COVID season. Um, but I'm looking forward to this game. Jesus Ferreira, the golden boot leading uh, scorer in MLS, um, is going to be on the pitch. Um, so that's exciting. And Gonzalo Higuain Jordan has found his way onto the bench, um, for Neville and, uh, it, they played pretty well without him. So, um, I'm looking forward to seeing what Inter Miami can do. Uh, they've been getting a lot of good performances out of guys. I think that they didn't think we're necessarily uh, going to have this kind of season, but I mean, Inter Miami, who we thought were going to be a pretty poor team, um, have really played pretty well. One point three one points per game, um, and they're good good performances from guys like Campana. Um, yeah, uh, Indiana Vasilev, I think is how he pronounced Vasilev, um, who's played pretty well, and Bryce Duke's played pretty well. So. Looking forward to seeing what they can do. Um, it is at uh, Toyota, so it, it'll be a away match. But, man, if they can go in there and steal some points from Dallas, man, this would be a good little turnaround here for Miami and looking good for the rest of the season. Dallas at fourth in the West. I just want to highlight, too, before we head out of here, DC is now bottom of the East. Mm-hmm. They have not <laughs> won a game in their last five. A lo- uh, four losses and one draw. Chicago, after beating the Union, have oops, I just hit myself in that. Uh, <laughs> Chicago Fire have climbed out of that last place, but DC United have two games in hand of Chicago and three points back. So DC actually leads the golden, uh, the wooden spoon race uh, right now, which is terrible. If only they had had a manager that had had right. them doing pretty good. Charlotte could say the same thing as well. <laughs> yes, for Dursky, is he healthy? He's he is... back. No, they, okay. they were missing 13 players, though, because of COVID. That's yeah, another yeah. thing. COVID is on the rise again here in the United States. So, Well, he's played 13 of... matches for them, but mm-hmm. he's only got four goals. He started off pretty hot. He's kind of cooled down mm-hmm. lately it's for Dursky. So we'll see. see how he does. But uh, SKC, not bottom of the West either. San Jose is taking over that. Now they have two games in hand of SKC, but there you go. But, yeah, Jesus Ferreira scored a great goal last night. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he has, like, I think four assists and ten goals. I, I would even say he's MVP candidate. They had Mahalovic still MVP, but he's had less he's assists. Hurt. yeah. And he's hurt, so I would probably go with Jesus Ferreira right now. Depends on what you're looking for. Hani Mukhtar has had uh, eight goals this year as well and has three assists, so he's got a chance too after not getting it last year. Jesus Ferreira, U.S. Men's National Team starting number nine. MVP candidate? Might be. 
Paxton Harrison, by the way, is scoring a bucket load of goals. Him and Quinn Sullivan <laughs> for the all your union 20s. people. Yeah, uh, you know the impact players we could use off the bench right now, uh, but they have the U.S. have qualified for the under twenty World Cup for next year, and I believe if they win this next game, they qualify for the Olympics, and they then slaughter teams win two games, and they win the tournament that they're in. Uh, and uh, Mexico and Canada both get knocked off by Guatemala in penalty kicks. Mm-hmm. So watch out um, for when the U.S. face Guatemala. That might be a difficult one, I guess. I don't know. But that about wraps us up. Anything to add there? Kings of CONCACAF, Guatemala. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're coming, Jordan. Watch Could out. Be. Golden generation in Guatemala. Hadn't been, hadn't been hearing about it. Hasn't been a good, hasn't been a good couple years for Mexico. No, it's not looking good for Mexico in this region. I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you, Jordan. I mean, I know we are rose-colored glasses here, um, but can God dang it, Canada and the United States are better teams than the uh, men's national team down in Mexico right now. That is true. If you want to give us a follow, you can reach us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Stateside Show. Email us, statesideshow at gmail.com. I know we went long today, but hopefully everyone enjoys their 4th of July weekend. Sit back and watch the games on July 4th as well. I'm glad that they're doing that this year, putting games on July 4th. I think it's smart. But, uh, yeah, so enjoy the games. We'll catch you all next time when we talk this weekend that is coming up of action and look ahead to that El Trafico game. Maybe we'll get some more news on Bale, Insigne. Eh, We might get some uh, news about all that stuff. So I hope everyone has a great week, and we'll catch you all next time. Jordan, you could say that Gareth got bailed out of Spain. Terrible. Wish I got bailed out of the airport the other day. (laughs) Tomorrow throwing his body in. It's going to fall for Ibrahimovic. Oh, come on. Come on. Thank you for listening to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. We hope that you continue to listen to our show as we recap the u.s men's national team americans abroad mls usl this is stateside soccer show presented by stop it's time soccer show have a good one